find voices that are diverse, you know, go through the effort on finding uh, those amazing voices out there and trying to engage them and involve them in your board. We need diversity in all our levels. Good Thursday morning. I'm Sage Miller, and this is The Daily Buzz. Latinos account for about 15% of Utah's population. On top of that, one in five Gen Z Latinos identify as queer, according to a Gallup poll last year. Former Tribune reporter Kim Bajorquez reported that finding a community that uplifts both identities has been a challenge for some queer Latinos in Utah. I spoke with Councilman Alejandro Puey, the first Latino and queer man to serve Salt Lake City's 2nd District, about his journey and what Utah can do to support the Latino community. With us today on the Daily Buzz is Alejandro Puey. He is the first Latino man to represent Salt Lake City District 2. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And reading a little bit over Kimba Jorge's story, she talks about how you're from Argentina, you served an LDS mission in Chile, and then you moved to Utah. Uh, do you mind just breaking down kind of how that experience was for you moving to a predominantly red and white state? I mean, it was a little shocking, uh, to be completely sincere. Uh, I enjoyed the experience uh, and the challenge, the mental challenge. Um, and, uh, and I learned a lot through, through those times, uh, at times uh, very challenging and, and uh, complicated and stressful. Uh, but I, I enjoyed the experience. I actually came to study at BYU um, originally, and I, there was a lot of learning about who I am. Uh, there's still a lot of learning to do about who I am. For the longest time, I never thought I was going to stay here. Um, you know, I, I never thought that. And I was an international student, so you're supposed to go back. Um, but things change, and uh, this became home. And how did you begin to really understand yourself? Did you come into your queer identity while living in Utah? Yes, definitely while living in Utah. Yeah, it, it's it, it was a learning process and still is a learning process. And I, uh, I, at least for me, it's a thing that I'm always learning and uh, uh, discovering myself. And I think it is, uh, for me, uh, part of my growth. Uh, so there is a lot of steps I've taken from being in the closet or, or realizing that I was different than, uh, than some of my peers to what I am today, uh, openly a member of the LGBTQ community. Is there a moment when you were in Utah that it clicked that perhaps you weren't a straight man, that you were in fact queer? I don't know if I could say that it's a moment I remember. Um, you know, I think this is a thing that I obviously had with me for the longest time but I never really accepted it maybe for the longest time or, or maybe even focus on, maybe because of being afraid of, uh, of the, what that meant uh, and those stereotypes that I thought they were wrong. And then I realized that I was the wrong one. I was wrong to think that way and uh, trying to accept myself and, and grow in that space and feel comfortable and, and who I am, it was, it was a lot. It took, it took, a, it took a while, it still is. Uh, I'm not gonna say I accomplished everything. I'm still insecure in so many ways. I'm still uh, learning how to feel comfortable, but I know that there's so many like me that are, they might be still in the, be in the closet or struggling with this. If there is one thing I could tell them is be yourself. And there is people like you that struggle um, through all this and everything is gonna be fine. And in Utah, 
there, there's a rap about what it means to be queer and also a minority in the state of Utah. So how did you kind of come to find your queer community, not only as a queer man, but that intersecting with your racial identity? In my case, I was lucky. Uh, I was right in the right place with, with the right friends. They introduced me to other friends uh, that were involved in politics as well. I mean, County Council Member Arlene Bradshaw was my best friend uh, who got me involved in politics in Utah uh, while he was running for the for the county council. And he was the first elected uh, gay elected official in the county at the moment, the youngest one too. I was just lucky to, to be able to know these people and then it expanded from there. As the Latino and the queer Latino population in the state of Utah continues to grow, what can Utahns and the state do to uplift those voices and support those intersections? Equity takes more work and equity sometimes is not financial uh, smart. It costs more. It costs more time. It costs more work. It costs more money to be equitable. Sometimes we are frustrated because we are trying to communicate how we communicate with everybody else, uh, with communities like mine, and it will take more work. It will take more years. It will take more money to reach out my community, and we need to do more. We need to go to events that the community is already hosting. We need to actually reach people on their doorstep. We need to be able to reach people in their own languages. We actually need to break all these barriers that sometimes we, for government, we are trying to be efficient and send a mailer with a QR code and hope that everybody is gonna just scan that. But when you have two or three jobs, when you English is your, nat not your native language, when you maybe scan the code and everything's in English, I think government, and I believe the Salt Lake City is, is doing a good job, but it still have a lot to improve. Often Salt Lake City will tell you uh, how few people are commenting or engaging with government in my district, but it's not because my, the people in my neighborhood don't have a voice or they don't have opinions, they do. They just, we're just not reaching out to them the right way. Um, so I think uh, if I could suggest something to everybody listening is, Make sure that all your materials are bilingual. Make sure that at least bilingual. Right? Latinos are the minor, the biggest minority in the state. Um, so in my district is 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 the overwhelming majority uh, of, of my district are Latinos. Uh, but there is other other groups that also need to be engaged. I I think we need to not only. Uh, do all materials in Spanish, but if we are doing engagement of some sort, if we're doing, uh, if we are part of a board or you're part of government or you're part of a nonprofit, find voices that are diverse, you know, go through the effort on finding uh, those amazing voices out there and trying to engage them and involve them in your board. We need diversity in all our levels. And on that note, if you are more comfortable reading in Spanish, this article is also published in Spanish. So you have access to read about the Latino queer population in Utah in your preferred language. Uh, Councilman Pui, thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you so much for the questions on this. Next, Jordan School District graduates can now rep their cultural regalia at commencement. Education reporter Connor Sanders has that story. For decades, Jordan School District had a policy in place that prohibited students from wearing any kind of non-academic attire with their cap and gown at graduation ceremonies in the district. But that's going to be changing after a group of students pushed the district to reconsider its policy. They've been asking to be able to wear lays and traditional scarves and other uh, sashes and things that represent where these students come from, their heritage. And they say that 
They want to carry their ancestors and their culture with them on this big day. And the district actually voted to suspend the policy after these students voiced their opinion and on the heels of HB 30, which allows Native students to wear cultural attire like feathers and other beaded regalia at their graduation ceremonies. Please give the story a read on sltrib.com. Lastly, the family of two transgender girls are suing the state over a law that bans transgender K-12 student athletes from school sports. The lawsuit claims HB 11 is unconstitutional because it denies equal opportunity for transgender girls to participate in school sports. Additionally, the families argue the law will cause transgender youth irreparable harm, nor is it based on scientific and medical evidence. Governor Spencer Cox initially vetoed HB 11 when the Utah legislature passed the controversial bill on the final hours of the 2020 session. Utah lawmakers overturned his veto. Kira Berkland, the Republican sponsor of HB 11, defended the bill, stating the law protects the integrity of women's sports. And that's it for today. Today's episode was edited by me, Sage Miller, and as always, a big shout out to Salt Lake City's own The Pelicans for our groovy music. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back tomorrow.